and welcome to Sunday on the Pod with Casey, Flo, and Rosa. Welcome back to Sunday on the Pod. Sunday on the Pod is a podcast all about musical theatre. However, this podcast isn't just for performers. No, no, no. It's for anyone who loves musical theatre. In each episode, we will be covering a musical that some of you may love, some of you might hate. Maybe you've never heard of them before. Either way, we will be singing and dancing about it. However, today's episode is a little bit different than what you might be expecting. Brace yourself, because for the very first time, we have a special edition episode. Something that we like to call a bonus track episode. Woohoo! The people have spoken. And just like that, today's episode is going to be a part two of a previous show that we have already spoken about. I can hear you screaming at home. But just when you thought it couldn't get any better, just hang on one darn minute because we have an extra special guest speaker joining us at the end of the episode to tell us more about the show. So what are you waiting for? Sit back and enjoy the pod. I mean, that was our most professional intro ever. That was the performer jumped out of Flulay Sevens. <laughs> it did. The Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. <laughs> Oh, How dear. are we all, girls? <laughs> very, oh. very good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Busy, but good. <laughs> what is what's keeping you so busy at the moment, Casey? I literally have like two weeks left of my PGCE, so now <gasps> it's kind of just a scramble to pile everything together whilst still going to placements and trying to figure out things. Like I'm just getting other stuff sorted. Some new headshots and things. Oh my god, love. Oh, that's so, exciting. Because um, what's, dare I even say, what's the plan? So, <laughs> I've decided that I'm going to take this opportunity now, like these next couple of weeks, to just go at performing. So, getting new headshots, like updated headshots. Um, maybe an updated show reel, voice reel, and just get back out there because I don't think I'm ever going to have this chunk of time now in like the six week holidays coming up to get anything done. So I thought one last chance, and then when it all comes to maybe the school year starting again, if nothing comes up, then I can start looking at school jobs. So it's just been a bit of a mix and match. That is busy. so so exciting though. I love getting new headshots. I don't know what it is. I just love, I love like looking at new photographers and being like, ooh, I want to have that. Or like, yeah. And do you find the experience of getting headshots insanely stressful? Because I find it insanely stressful. Yes, I the do. The first time, the first time I got headshots done, I was stressed and the photos, I looked stressed. And I was like, okay. And then I think like the second, third time you do it, you kind of chill out and you're like, this is not the be all and end all. And like, basically I just want to just like be relaxed in the photo because that's what will come across. See, I wish um, I was like that. I've had three sets done there and every time I'm like, absolutely, oh just like, you, you guys couldn't see that, but I was grimacing. <laughs> I always find the clothing a bit stressful because it's like, what do I wear? Mm. Yeah, I think for me, I'm always very much like, I'm, I'm always that person that when you get a group picture, I'm like, no, let's do it again. Yeah, no, yeah. Let's yeah. Do that again. no, no. I do so <laughs> weird with my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
<laughs> I mean, luckily, luckily, um, the girl that was doing my headshots this time is uh, somebody that I know from school and um, college. So it was a nice, relaxed atmosphere, but it was still that moment where you're going, sorry, I'm a bit embarrassed to smile. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's just... the thing. You're just like you just feel like you're so phony. I always think. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like I'm doing like a serial killer, like <laughs> fake smile, and I'm like, this isn't gonna look great. And but... it's always, oh my god, when you're get you're doing your makeup in the morning, and you're like, oh great, I'm having the world's worst makeup day. Yeah, my hair oh, did absolutely. that. I got my hair cut for the occasion, and um, went to the hairdressers, and they were like, oh, who would you want to do it? And I was like just whoever's cheapest to be honest oh no and they're like oh well we've got the graduate stylist she's brilliant talked her up and I was like yeah that's fine I'd just like my hair thinning out a little bit because I've got really thick hair she was like yeah brilliant do you want me to put some long layers into it and I was like yeah sure let's go for that what does that mean yeah well, what's a long layer I think just <laughs> where they layer it but it wouldn't start as high up as it would in like 2002 do you know oh, what right. I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I came out of there and my hair was literally like, have you watched Twilight? Yeah. Uh, have Yeah. I mean, who hasn't watched Twilight? Sorry, what a question. <laughs> I came out of the hair just looking like Alice from Twilight. No. But she, she'd oh, cut very it so glam. short. But she'd cut it so short and the layers were so short that it was all like flicking out. <laughs> Alice was, was like, my favourite. I was like, this is oh two God. days before my headshots. I oh need God. these to look like a, they are recent and not from 2004. 2004? <laughs> I mean, They're that's like, very niche oh. casting as well. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know that you were a teenager in like the early 2000s. <laughs> oh my God. So that was just stressful. So I was trying to curl the top of it and it was just going everywhere. So I thought, this is off to a great start. And have you seen them back yet have you gotten the proofs back not yet i'm getting them tomorrow Ooh. Ooh. so exciting yes so i um, love that apprehensive well, but excited it feels like you're in like a renaissance period yeah yeah definitely How, uh, <laughs> yeah what um <laughs> what songs have you got if you're gonna do a new voice drill like what are your what song choices are you Ooh, gonna right okay so i wrote them down because i've got a few different ones because i was going through the whole rep going i need to show diversity and all things like that so i feel like everyone has like a list of songs somewhere on their like phone or like in a <laughs> random notebook of just like random songs you're like this is a really great song and then i always lose that list Oh, I, you should just, I've got a playlist on Spotify from back from my performing days, but I have like a rep list on Spotify, which is quite fun. Like if I'm ever like, well, I haven't done it That's very good. I mean, I used to have that. I, you're like, oh my God, I I used to have that on Apple Music, but now Apple Music isn't really a thing. So I've lost it. What do you mean it's not really a thing? Well, do people still use Apple Music? I never used it. I was always a Spotify girl. See, I was Apple Music through and through. Then someone was like, oh, that's so lame that you still use Apple Music. And I was like, fine, I'll get Spotify. Oh my God, I can't believe you were peer pressured slash bullied into getting Spotify. (laughs) Yep, you heard it here first. I fell out with Apple Music after um, U2 downloaded that album onto my phone. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was That was. That was a stressful situation for me because I think I was like 15 at the time and this whole YouTube... And do you remember when you used to have to buy songs and it was like 80p per song? Yeah, yeah. And 
the whole album had downloaded onto my phone just overnight and I got really scared thinking that I'd downloaded it by accident oh God. Oh my God. and that I'd been charged per song for this whole album and that it was going to show up on my mum's bill yeah and I was having like a severe panic attack going oh, no. oh my god oh my god oh my god it's and then expensive it wasn't... I, I it... can remember so clearly my dad being like Florence have you been on iTunes <laughs> and I was like um, no that's not me and he was like what is this bill for like 52 pounds I'm like um uh I can explain it was all like Rihanna Beyonce um <laughs> but no regrets it was I think worth the it. first ever song that I bought from my iPod and I must have genuinely been about like maybe eight was um, Hips Don't Lie by Shakira. Oh my God, classic. I remember that very distinctly, <laughs> that that was the first song. Because I think my like mum and dad were like, right, you can buy like five songs each and like the rest you just like burn the disc. And I was like, I want Shakira. That's <laughs> hard though, to pick five songs. I know. To listen also, like, on repeat. Like, what do you choose? I know, I know. Oh. But like, I was also eight, so it was like, obviously Shakira. Shakira. That album had a choke hold on me. A choke <laughs> hold. Um, how are you doing, Flo? Um, also, guys, we obviously have an incredible interview coming up, but we've both been, both been, but we've all been very busy little bees at the moment. So we just thought we'd take this time to just have a little chill chat and catch up and kind of discuss all our exciting projects that are coming up. Yeah. Uh, so Flo, hit us. What's been going on in your world? In my world. I mean, I feel like summer is always a period where I just never book anything because I know the law of attraction, I'll just get dumped with loads of stuff that I'm like, okay, so here we go. <laughs> mm. um, it's been fine. It's just been, it's been busy. I've got, um, I've been doing a little bit of new writing, uh, which is exciting, which will be coming up, um, which will be showcased at a little pub theatre in Clapham. So if you're around Very Clapham. Very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, currently in draft one, so I need to get writing. Um, so that's all good. Uh, apart from that, I'm trying to think. I've just, you know, when you're like, I'm just so, oh my God, I know what it is. I've just had my sister's wedding. That's why I've been so busy. Of course. Oh my God, tell <laughs> us everything about the wedding. The photos looked amazing. Oh, it was, it was really, really lovely. I think I've just been so like sucked into like wedding world that I'm now out of it and I'm like now like what is life like you know what 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 do I do now it was it was really really lovely and um yeah it was just like it, it was it was kind of surreal because I've never been to a wedding before so I didn't really know what to expect oh wow um, was that your that's really nice that that was your first wedding it was your sister's yeah yeah and it's kind of weird because like everyone there already knows you so you're like I can kind of chill. I can just kind of do whatever I like and people will come to me. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really, really fun. And I mean, they've been going out for over, I think over a decade. So oh, wow. it's about damn time. Um, it's about damn time. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just back to back to the usual, back to the pod. Um, what about you, Rosa, though? I take it you've been very busy. Yeah, it feels like... It has been just a mental time at the moment, but it's all very fun. But I also can't wait. And like mid-July, I've got a date with me in my bed and I'm going to get like at least eight hours sleep because I've been surviving on like five and a half <laughs> for like uh, months. But yeah, really exciting stuff. So my dad runs a little not-for-profit book publishing kind of company. And like last year 
we both saw um like this kind of really amazing writer called Sarah Grant and she had tweeted um like this idea for this book called Fat Girl Best Friend and we were like oh my god that's a great idea and dad was like would you want to go in production with on it with me would you like to do the editorial and kind of project coordinate it and I was like uh well talking about fat women in theater I'm a fat woman in theater yes let's go (laughs) so um it's been like this amazing kind of process but uh we are now it is being published on the 6th of July uh fat girl best friend get it in uh, your diary get it in your (laughs) diaries guys and if you're in Glasgow we've got an in-person launch uh just uh email me for tickets (laughs) but yeah it's really exciting so it's like part memoir from Sarah and like part um kind of like theory where she basically but it's like really funny and like really lighthearted. but she basically goes through like modern day kind of media so like Vicar of Dibley uh Orange is the New Black The Duff uh Encanto like just I can't even like we have a list of like spoilers like on the front page we're like just just FYI all of these things are going to get spoiled and it's like it takes up a full page because she just talks about so much um and kind of looks at like kind of fat phobic traits in like plus size characters and it's just so funny and like really poignant and I think everyone's gonna love it so please on 6th of July available tipramirebooks.co.uk but also local bookshops uh Amazon and Waterstones so get involved but yeah I will definitely be getting a copy and yeah. maybe I'll get it signed by <laughs> by the publisher. <laughs> Ooh, how that is sexy. <laughs> you know what? You know what my like favorite. I mean, favorite. It's the cringiest thing of all time. But like talking about that, have you ever watched the film Sleepover? Uh, oh my god! With is it not like a really young Kit? Um, his name's not Kit. What's his name? uh evan peters is he not in that oh he is might it like be. all the girls and it's like they're about to go off to different schools and they're like 13 yeah yeah but there's a the there's like the designated fat friend in that movie yeah. who they who they decide to call yancey for some reason. <laughs> i don't remember that i don't and remember yancey <laughs> what's really annoying is at the end so like the typical the other girls are all skinny and like typically pretty and all all this and they're trying to get Yancey on a date with this boy and he's also like the chubby friend from his friendship group and they're all like oh Yancey what would you prefer a big plate of celery or a big plate of brownies (laughs) oh my god and she's like the brownies and they're like see (laughs) What do you mean, see? I know. And then I think it's supposed to be like, oh, you know, love yourself for who you are. But it's it's, it's so bad. I feel like any sane person would choose brownies over celery. Celery's Literally. disgusting. <laughs> but Literally. Also, if you're talking like good vegetables, like celery is one of the worst vegetables. It just tastes yeah. nothing. It's horrendous. But it's supposed, it's, it's trying to be really woke for like whatever it was, like 2003, 2004. But well, Yancey way- is woke. <laughs> Yancey. Yancey. <laughs> well, that's like one of the, not to plug the book again, but I'm going to plug the book. Um, that's like one of the things in that Sarah talks about is like, she plays like fat girl best friend bingo. So it's like all the traits that a fat girl best friend has, like a fat 
girl best friend character and fat boyfriend is uh on the on the list of bingo because and there's nothing wrong uh we love fat men too but it's like any it, like every single plus size female character has to have a plus size male boyfriend it's like, like it's oh, so oh no oh no you couldn't possibly pull a skinny man like yeah or a, a, a muscly bodied guy yeah it's so <laughs> odd as if like people of different body sizes don't date all the time like it's just there so was- weird there, there was that movie that came out on Netflix with that comedy actress. I'm trying to remember her name. Where it was like she like fell over and like hit her head. Oh, and I she feel pretty. In... The worst movie That's... ever. <laughs> that reminds me of that. How like Amy even Schumer. that was seen as like a joke. The fact that she was attracting this like slim, fit guy. I was like, why is this a joke? Like it's also it's Amy Schumer who is like one like she's beautiful yeah like she is a very gorgeous woman so that in itself is like okay whatever but yeah (laughs) it's also like she like that whole moral well obviously she learns to love herself at the end because it's a hollywood movie but it's like why does she have to have like brain damage or like some (laughs) sort of concussion something really like wrong yeah terrible for her to be like maybe i am gorgeous like it's so (laughs) stupid like i don't understand that film i really the scene the scene where they're like in that spin class stresses me out every single time that i now do a spin class i'm like that's gonna be me i'm gonna like flip off the bike or like just something really like (laughs) that just wouldn't happen in real life but like i'm like no i'm gonna do something what what would be your thing if if you hit your head what would be the what would be your like fun thing? Because obviously what, my she opposite then, world. yeah, she then suddenly gets super confident and she sees herself as really gorgeous. Oh my god, I have no idea. Maybe if I like met Ryan Gosling and we got married, maybe right? That, you can't, my... that can't be your thing. <laughs> Why not? But I love him. <laughs> oh my god, can we talk about actually? I think we've talked about the Barbie movie before, but everyone being like, "Oh, Ryan Gosling's not a good Ken." Shut oh. up. I think he's the best. But do you know what? I've heard a few people say that. Lost? Everyone yeah. else has been like, he's a bit old, isn't he? And I'm like... Rude. That's yeah. just rude. He's He is, like, simply one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen. Also, he has that... He has really good comic timing. I'm a big fan of SNL. And he... I love he's it. so when good. I, when actors can go onto SNL and hold their own against mm. the comedians. Yeah. If you... If you've ever watched the, um, it's Kate McKinnon's in it as well. Actually, it's it's called Alien Encounter on SNL, and Ryan, it's Ryan Gosling and Kate McKinnon, and it's just really funny. But oh I feel like God. he holds, I feel like he holds his own in comedy as well, which I feel like is is really great. And like really even needed. just the clips that we've seen from that trailer is so funny. Like when he's yeah. like, I think uh, I should stay over tonight because we're boyfriend girlfriend. <laughs> and then she's yeah. like, what what would we do? And he's like, I don't know. Like he's so funny. <laughs> it was meant to be Amy Schumer apparently in playing Barbie. Really? Yeah, but I think it was like a slightly different script at the time, and oh. then she pulled out due to scheduling conflicts. But what a, it would have been such a different film, I think, with her in it instead yeah, of Margot. 
I mean, love Margot Robbie. To be fair, I think love I think Margot, Margot and Ryan, Ryan, um, my my future. If <laughs> you go by Ryan, um, I feel like they're both just like such solid actors. That's like like that's the yeah. reason why I love I, I love Ryan Gosling so much, is because he's just such a great actor. Also, he's pretty nice on the eye, but he's a really <laughs> great actor. I think. Yeah, he's brilliant. The Place Beyond the Pines. He's so oh, yeah. good in that movie. Like, I'm so excited for Kate McKinnon in that movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen her clip. She looks so funny. <laughs> she's she's playing like that Barbie that like whose hair it's okay to cut, and like you draw <laughs> all over, and like you've moved it around so lot like so much that the legs now just like move by themselves. <laughs> I'm just excited for that movie. I'm literally like, I want to go and I want to like dress up in pink yeah, and just have the best day. I was going to say, it comes out the same day as my graduation. So I'm very <sighs> upset. It's meant to I be. May, I may have to cancel the ceremony. Or to see Barbie. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, imagine, just turned up. I'm like, Sorry, I'm late. I was watching the Barbie movie. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my God, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> What time is your graduation? It's at like two, but then you've obviously got like hair and makeup yeah. and pictures and I've got to get Pictures to Manchester. Before. Yeah, well, that's rubbish. But how? what are you going to do for the, like, after your graduation? Like, what's the plans? Like, as in like the evening? I think we're just going to go out for a meal and things and then maybe we're going to go watch it the next day because we've got plans to go watch it with my friends and... They they really wanted to go on the day it opens, but we've managed to haggle them out of them going to watch. <laughs> is it um what Oppenheimer? Comes up? Oppenheimer. They're going to watch that on that day, and the day after, we're all going to go watch the Barbie movie together. I think I'm going to do the thing that everyone's been talking about. I think I'm going to do the double bill. I think I'm going to do like because it's coming out the same day Barbie and Oppenheimer, and that's been the big thing. It's like what are you going to go and see? But I'm going to go. I'm going to do a double bill. I'm going to start with Oppenheimer because it'll be slightly more well it'll be quite sad I think and then I'm gonna top off with Barbie oh my yeah. god I wonder I wonder if the Curzon is gonna be putting on the Barbie movie because I do love the Curzon well it's Greta Gerwig like who's directing so they're they she's got some clout yeah also guys in um in really quite thrilling news uh Nationwide gave everyone a hundred pounds who banks with them thank you nationwide much love um so i saved 50 pounds of it but i spent the other 50 on one a fan because it's so hot in london right now yeah. uh, and two uh the first month of a pret subscription because you get <laughs> your first good. month for 15 pounds and i can safely say it's changed my life really it apps ha- i mean i don't think i like i've always said like i said to you and my flatmate like ages ago I was like I'm gonna do a Pret subscription for the summer because like I work near Pret and I was like I deserve delicious cold drinks in the summer when it's hot I deserve that but I was always just like 30 pounds but 15 for your first month that's not bad I've already had about I bought it like the other day I've already had about 10 drinks you're making money do you just get them all for free (laughs) you get yeah you get up to five free drinks a day I love this has now become like a Pret plug yeah, sorry. Well, <laughs> Pret, if you want to sponsor like Nation six more months, as well. so, uh, if you, yeah. If you want to, but yeah, Pret, if you want to sponsor me for like maybe a year's worth of a Pret subscription, I wouldn't say no. Nationwide shout out, love you. 
Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I have a love-hate with prep because sometimes I show up to a prep and I'm like, ooh, I'd love an ice drink. And they're like, we don't have any ice. And I'm like, yeah. why, do, <laughs> yeah, why do you have no ice in like 30 degrees? I'm like, sorry, mm. we don't do ice drinks. So I'm like, what is this prep? Mm. So <laughs> it's disappointing. <laughs> they def- well, they definitely do ice drinks because I've had multiple. <laughs> okay. But you get up to five free drinks a day. You just need to have them half an hour apart and then you get 10% off of like food and stuff. But it's worth it for the drinks. Like I've been start, I've been like getting into the off, like I've been getting to Farringdon where I work and then I've been getting like an iced hazelnut soy latte on the way in. Oof. Then on lunch, I'm like, I'll go for another iced coffee. And then on my way home, I've been getting like a little, one of their like little booster things. It's been... Well, that's a lot of caffeine. I mean, I I feel like you need it with five hours sleep. You probably need all that caffeine. Yeah. It's been been tough. I mean, adulting is just terrible. Like, no one tells you this when you're growing up. No one tells you that you're going to be sleep deprived basically for the the rest of your life. That's basically it. And I will say, we don't deserve it. Like, we all deserve to be... I don't even really believe in millionaires, but like we all deserve to be have enough money that we could just not work. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be yeah. nice. Sometimes, like every time my alarm goes off, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Again, <laughs> why yeah. me? Why me? Again. This oh, is yeah. this what's is... your alarm sound actually? Oh, it's that really generic iPhone one. The diddle doodle doodle doodle. Generic. That's new. I've never yeah, heard that what one. is that? No, it is. Hang I've on. never heard that one. I've got that one that's like. Sorry, you guys have really cool. Oh, that one. Oh yeah, the sassy one. No, mine's mine's. I think I don't think I've ever changed it. Oh, this is gonna stress me out now. Now I need to hear what it is. Mine's like the really loud one that's like that one. Oh my god, I could not that wake up to that. So loud. I need it, otherwise I won't wake up. I used to have the Brooklyn Nine Nine like theme tune, I think, for a while. You know like that. Oh my god. I remember that when that was a thing. That was a thing when people would have like a song. I think I had Chris Brown, Don't Wake Me Up. Oh my, my god, whoa, that is criminal. It was a tune. Back then it was a tune where it was like, don't wake me up. Like, it was great. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but he's <laughs> the worst. Oh yeah, I know. God. Now I'm like, obviously I would never pick Chris Brown. I'd pick someone, I'd pick Rihanna, obviously. Um, But I just wanted something that had like, don't wake me up in the ah, tune. That's oh, why I picked it. it. What, what was that song that was like, had a chokehold on like 14 year olds? Um, uh, back in like that was like oh what was it it was ah uh, I can't remember but it was another kind of don't wake me up song oh was it yeah oh that one that was like so wake me up and it's all over classic <laughs> yeah, that's more like <laughs> I love that we're now delving back into like early 2000 pop it was worth it it was definitely worth it there's me who hasn't changed my ringtone in like eight years it's been the will and grace theme tune consistently oh, that's that's yeah but excellent. that's like timeless so whereas anytime chris anyone... brown maybe not as timeless <laughs> anytime anyone rings me don't wake me up so oh my god no that's gonna be in my head <laughs> i'm like get it out of my head everyone at home is like for god's sake right so does anyone else after we film an episode get really 
hooked on the musical again. Oh, yeah. I, and it's so annoying because I'm like, oh, I have so much more to talk about. Yes. And I'm like, well, it's too late. <laughs> because every time we talk about it, like I do my research and then we talk about it on the pod and then the, the further into detail we go, the more I'm going, you know what? It's actually brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And then and then we like stop stop recording and then I listen to the soundtrack and I'm like, I wish I'd said this. I wish I'd said this. Oh, I didn't notice that before. But that's what I've done with Rent this time, which is why I'm really glad we're doing another Ooh. episode. I, I think you just gave it away. What oh. are what? there? You go. You heard it here first. You heard it from Casey. <laughs> I think this I mentioned it. But oh, really? Okay. Well, then this is news to me. Welcome to part two. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, I just, I just clicked this link, and now I'm on this weird podcast. I don't know how to get off. <laughs> oh god. Oh, so do you have like? Okay, hit us then. What are your like post? rent reflections okay so this is very niche and i actually don't don't know how much there is to discuss about this but after watching the film again i just got really really into communion and i was like it threw me right back to university when we were just stressed at the importance of communion in acting (laughs) and the importance in communion between two characters and i was watching the whole whole way through and i thought Maureen and Collins have so many beautiful little moments in the Rent film. And this is what I just love about acting because I'm like, I really want to know if they got together and was like, this is our backstory and this is why we're so close. And even though they don't have much interaction together in the film or in the show at all, all, really, I don't think they do. But during La Vie Bohème, both their verses they sing together which I thought was really Oh, really I've never noticed that before. Never yeah, so everybody pretty much has their own verse, apart from Maureen and Collins, who have, they sing their verses together in the Vibo MA and the Vibo MB. And then um, during Angel's funeral scene, after Maureen gets down, Collins gets up to hug Maureen. Oh. And I'm just like, I really want to know. And What's there's just so many story. Cute- there's so many cute moments. They like, they don't really have anything like scripted that like yeah. they really don't have like much of a crossover, do they? No, they there's very very little interaction between the two of them. Um, obviously, we know that they used to be roommates. Well, I was about to say because Collins used to be roommates with Roger. Yeah, so I suppose like they would hang out, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, that's such a funny one because I suppose they don't have any cause for like real meaningful interaction like the plot doesn't really drive that but yeah they would have actually had like a whole life and relationship yeah and there's just that's what I really I was getting really geeky I was like oh guys I just love theatre I love acting because <laughs> I was god, watching I it going <laughs> god I love theatre I'm so wanky I was like oh god acting there was just a gorgeous moment like during La Vie Bohème where Collins kind of says his uh, says a little bit and then he goes behind the table and I think the focus is actually on Mark or Roger at the time and he goes behind the table and he like grabs Maureen's hair and like gives her a cute Aww. little smile and they have like Ooh. a really sweet little moment that and it's just so cute oh my god I might rewatch the film and yeah now now more. I'm gonna rewatch it and be like damn it we now need to do a part three <laughs> <laughs> a part three but the, you didn't even know a part two was happening apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently well well actually I have actually watched 
finally, tick, tick, boom. <gasps> oh my goodness, what Which, did you think? I loved it. I absolutely, and I'm also so angry that I didn't watch it before we did Rent Part One because it makes so much sense. Like it links yeah. so much to Rent and Andrew Garfield is phenomenal. Absolute, f- absolutely phenomenal in yeah, that movie. Star Turn, the best role to date, tour de force, everything. So like, amazing. He is just absolutely out of this world in that film. But I also think, like, as a movie musical goes, they did it so well. Because I sometimes find movie musicals, like, a bit like, this really feels like a musical. Whereas, like, Mm. that felt really, like, the acting was at the heart of it. And, like, I just think it was done. And also, I loved the little bits where they had, like... um, they had like um, Lim and Well Miranda like being like the chef in the background, yeah. and then and then and then the bit in like the diner where they had all those like really famous faces. I was like, I literally love this. I think as well, like I always think, and vice versa, like movie musicals to movie adaptions is really difficult. I think we kind of discussed last week, but because you're trying to pack like the catharsis and like the emotion and like the intensity and the whole relationship between audience and uh and performer like that in that exists within the space of a theater into a film where the screen is like a barrier so it's always going to be quite difficult plus just like pacing and stuff like you have to work out how like an act one and act two fits into like a three act film if that makes sense so it's always really difficult but I agree I just thought it was like it was just absolutely perfect but that's why I'm worried about the Wicked films because they've not managed to do that with the act one and act two and they've just split it into two films and I'm like what do you mean so they've split the Wicked movie is going to be in two parts oh of course yeah so they're just doing oh so do you think it's going to end because how are they going to end that's what I'm interested if they're if they I'll be disappointed if it's literally just an like act one act two split because then I just think that's lazy and I'm like so it it just maybe proves to me that it film isn't the medium then for Wicked if you can't if you can't fit it into the form if that makes sense, but they might have a reason for it. So I'm I'm interested to see. Do you think maybe they might be like using more of the book because obviously it's based on a mm. book. Maybe they might be like because I mean because Wicked as a show is it that long or I think it's, I think it's long it's, it's yeah. quite a chunky one isn't it it's oh, is quite it? a length but yeah but I've got isn't, it is. isn't the second part called for good oh I didn't know that. I oh, think so so I've got okay. a feeling I've got a feeling that maybe it'll end after defying gravity and they might stretch out everything that happens after defying gravity into like a last part but then where's the resolution then for the first one because films that have sequels normally there's some form of resolution to the first one and then like a small inciting incident that opens up for the next one right i just i mean i suppose the resolution is what she's just empowered yeah i don't know a weird cliffhanger to end it on do you know they've already preempted haven't they that it's going to be a second film so i don't i don't know how they're going to tackle it to be honest i just i'm not here for it (laughs) really as a musical, it's very lengthy anyway. And now that it's a movie, there's going to be so many more like wide shots that they want to get and set shots where there's not going to be any speaking for like maybe a minute as it's sort of, you know, just things that obviously would kind of be hurried along in a theatre setting. You haven't yeah. really got a chance to like pan over the set 
but Cause my, gonna... I think my issue, like I think I think I'm always a bit funny with sequels anyway. But I think films need to be self-contained, even if they like. If you think of The Godfather, like yes, that is a trilogy technically. Well, if no one really talks about the third one because it's so bad, but <laughs> <laughs> one and two, like those are. It was written. The books were originally written, and that is an actual sequel. But they still feel like two self-contained films, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I just, yeah, I feel like that's just important from like an audience perspective. That's why I think I don't really like Marvel that much because it's always just like, we've resolved it for now and here's a teaser for the next one. I'm just like, yeah. oh, any form of catharsis I had or any kind of journey that I was on, now I'm just now like, broken it. <laughs> you've, yeah, you've just broken it. So that's, but I'll get off my soapbox because I'm... Um, yeah, no one wants to hear me talk about. It. I could. Do, we should do like a Godfather uh, episode. I've never seen the Godfather. Wow, oh wow. Me like, neither. Which end, I feel end the podcast right now. Yeah. End the podcast and right scene. now. Which is strange for me because I did go through a bit of a phase where I was a bit. I don't. I got a bit obsessed with mobsters. I don't know what it was. I went through a bit of a phase of like I started to watch The Sopranos. Love The Sopranos. And then I watched Married to the Mob with Michelle Pfeiffer. Have you seen uh, My Cousin Vinny? No. Oh, but... Casey, that is the biggest you movie I have ever heard of. <laughs> in my... if you do nothing else for like the next for the rest like, of your life, rest of your, you need to watch My Cousin Vinny. It's like that movie was made for you. Oh, now I'm going to have to watch it. Is it on anything? I'll just rent it. Yeah, honestly, you will absolutely love it. It's kind of like, it's like if First Wives Club met Married to the Mob, met like, I don't know, like uh, Liar Liar. Do you know that? Like, um, Oh, I love Liar Liar. Do you yeah. know, I really like Marissa Tamai, so I know that she's in that. And I think yeah, I've she's seen, amazing. I've seen the court scene at the end. Yeah, she's, it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, um, I just I went through a phase where I really wanted to be a mob wife, so I'm surprised I haven't watched. Did the you not do? And sorry if this is putting you on blast, but did you not do for uh, your third year showcase? Did you not do like a 15 minute one act thing, and you were a mob wife? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did a whole. Oh my god. A whole one woman show using songs only by the Barbra Streisand, <laughs> of which I was a mob wife in couples therapy which was brilliant and do you know what it, it got a really good mark so oh it was oh i <laughs> hugely enjoyed it i was loving it also were you not handcuffed to something or have i made that up oh no so i it was the the whole premise was that i turned up to like therapy like marriage therapy um after being dumped and like he hasn't turned up and it was a whole sort of like mob wife um, realization of like going back to everyday life. But I had like the big hair, I had a big leopard print. I remember the leopard chiffon print. Chiffon shirt and a <laughs> my, my leopard print coat and a leather skirt. It was, I, I went all out. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I remember that being so good. Honestly. Thank you. I also love that our, that our album cover has you in a leopard coat. As Barbara yes. Streisand from Funny Very Man. good. Yeah, <laughs> I have had a deep love with the leopard print coat. I now look back and I was waking up for university at like 7am on a Monday morning 
and putting on eyelashes, a red lip and a fur coat. I do, like... that's my, that is my like vision of you when I first met you, is that? I, now I can't, literally now I wake up and go, oh, I'll shove a bit of mascara on. But I don't, <laughs> I don't, what, what, there was such a motivation to wake up and do full glam, red lip, fur coat. And I was going to sit in like a singing lecture for an hour. <laughs> I just love that. Was so <laughs> I kind of knew that like we like we because we always got on because obviously you were the year above me and we always kind of got on but like the moment that I knew like we were solid and like we were gonna be friends was I was doing uh (laughs) it was really silly it was like a musical parody of Dragon's Den where musicals were on like were pitching and it was really funny it was like really silly and we did like see the script (laughs) <laughs> oh it's so good honestly it was like my favorite thing I've ever done it was just so it was so 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 funny and I came out as Liza Minnelli pitching Cabri and Casey was in the audience and I like walked over I don't know why I did it and I was like oh my god Barbara it's so good to see <laughs> Oh and I was god. like, I remember in the moment being like, oh my god, she's either going to be really offended by that or think it's really funny and she found it really funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out well. Any comparison to Barbara Streisand is um, amazing in my books. So. <laughs> and now for the moment you've all been waiting for. The moment where we get to introduce our extra special guest speaker. So... Without further ado, I would love to introduce my extremely talented vocal coach and very close friend of mine, Ben Mann. Now, before we get into our interview, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ben. So I was introduced to Ben in 2019 by my agent just before the pandemic, and I have been seeing him ever since because he is a genius and I love him very, very much. Um, He trained at the Royal Academy of Music under the leadership of Mary Hammond. He is one of the UK's most experienced Estelle master trainers, running masterclasses in singing technique and styles across the UK, online and abroad. He has over 10 years experience teaching on BA musical theatre courses, including the likes of ArtsEd, Mountview, GSA and Erdang. He is also a vocal coach in the pop industry, working with Brit Award winning and UK chart topping artists for Sony Records and Virgin EMI, as well as coaching artists for programmes such as This Morning, Strictly Come Dancing and Britain's Got Talent. My favourite thing about Ben was that he worked as a backing vocalist to the platinum selling pop artist Robbie Williams and Sir Elton John. So without further ado, here is the wonderful, talented, and amazing Ben Mann to talk to us about Rent. Hello. How Hello. Are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we have the wonderful Ben Mann with us. Very exciting. So, Ben, introduce yourself for the pod. Um, introduce myself. Um, I'm singing teacher, vocal coach. Um, and yeah, I work largely across uh, musical theatre industry and the pop industry. Um, I've worked at sort of all the various drama schools over the years. And yeah, trained to sing myself, actor at the Royal Academy of Music um, a million decades ago. And yeah, um, musical theatre geek and enthusiast and obsessive. Yeah, well, you're in the right company there. You're on the right <laughs> pod. Um, you're definitely in the right place. And also, those who don't know, 
Ben Mann is my fabulous singing teacher and very, very close friend. So we are very, very lucky to have him on the pod. Um, ben, as you may or may not know, we've been covering the smash rock hit Rent. Mm. Um, and we wanted to know your thoughts on Rent. And do you consider yourself a Rent head? When Hamilton came out, I desperately, desperately didn't want to like it. I just, I just thought, nah. Well, this, and I went and thought it was one of the, you know, the most groundbreaking things and brilliant things I'd seen. I went, Ugh. I find the opposite with Rent in terms of I desperately feel like I should like it. I feel like I'm not worthy because I don't, but I am not a Rent head. I do not like it. I'm sorry. And that is fine. That is what the podcast is all about. It's for people yeah. that love and hate. So would you say that you're not a rent head then? You're rent head. I wouldn't say I hate it, but I have no uh it's the last thing I would listen to on a rainy day. Interesting. And do you feel like that's because you don't vibe with the music or that you don't vibe with the story or the characters? On on paper it should be my you know, my absolute Oh, yes. But I just, it just, it doesn't hit me where it should for me. Mm. Uh, I, I must admit, I've never seen it in uh, a, prof well, maybe I have once in Professor of Bassey, but um, I, I, yeah, it just, it's a bit too disjointed for me. I don't think there's a, I don't think it has its own, it hasn't it found its own place. And maybe that's why it is, you know, so bankrupt, but I, it doesn't make me feel like I, I feel like I should. You know, I don't get lost in, if I'm listening to something like Robert Brown's Parade or something, you know, I could be, mm. you know, bawling my eyes out on the train, but, um, you know, go to that world. But Rent doesn't take me there for some reason. It's weird. I feel, I feel like with Rent, you have to watch it a couple of times because yeah. there's so much to, like, to take in. Yeah. But yeah. I, the interesting thing is I, I, I fall in love with music by, by listening, for, you know, and, oh, and I, I agree. I think even with sometimes where it, it takes first time you listen to it, you mean what is this? But yeah. it's just it's never it's never been for me. Um, and I do seem to be quite the odd one out on that. Um, but yeah, so I no, I wouldn't consider myself a rent head. I think it's also with rent. I suppose it depends on the age you are when you engage with it. Because I feel like if you engage with it when you're really young, or if you're like a kind of early teens, it there's something in that kind of angst isn't there that you're going to relate to and yeah it feels quite edgy and cool but i think now now that i'm 25 if i think i was looking at it with fresh eyes it probably wouldn't hit me in the same way and actually i've just had a thought as well in terms of when i was training i was the person that i wouldn't want to teach now in terms of i i didn't i, I wouldn't engage with pop sounds i thought they were ludicrous you know this is woof. You know, I wanted to sing Sondheim and and, and so perhaps as well, because it, 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 a good point you make, at the age maybe I would have engaged with it, maybe the sound turned me off, maybe the because it wasn't me, I didn't see myself cast in it. Mm -hmm. um, so perhaps I, you know, avoid it. But yeah, it's never it's never grown on me. I, I feel a similar way with certain things. If I watch a musical in which I'm not castable, I sort of... <laughs> switch off halfway through yeah me too <laughs> and i feel really selfish saying that because there's so many like brilliant musicals that i wouldn't be castable in but as soon as i watch it and go oh i'm not in that so 
But no, it's, it's, and, and I think I would do the same as you, Kissy. That, but actually, it's interesting that I, I, you know, I, the, the last thing I would ever want to do is is be a performer. You know, I love my, but I haven't re-engaged in it in different way. I couldn't care less if I was cast on it. But it just, it's just never. I've never sort of, you know, I want to feel more than I do. Maybe it's me, but. Yeah, no, I get that, that wanting to feel more than you do. No. I think I have that with like a couple of shows, like Hades Town for me. People were like, oh my God, Hades Town is so good. Blah, blah, blah. And I do, I really, en I enjoyed it from, I suppose, like a perspective of a writer. I thought it was really well written. I thought the songs were beautiful, but it, in terms of like, when I like, you know, if I listen to Anyone Can Whistle, I'm like, yeah, I'm crying on the train. It's, it's ridiculous. With that, it just... Point, isn't it? Because, like, you know, with Hades Town, I thought, oh, my God, theatre does still exist. <laughs> you know, and, and so, so it's interesting, yeah, I think. But, and, and what you've said is perhaps my, my sort of taste is probably, you know, you're going from Assassin's Parade, Hades Town, Titanic, Kiss of the Spider, perhaps it's, you know, it's, it's to my taste that, you know, that those are written in a more traditional theatre mm -hmm. style than... Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not a rental. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we cleared that up. <laughs> so, Rent really kick-started the trend for late 90s, early 2000s rock musicals. What do you think of the rock musical, and do you have any favourites? I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what, what defines rock. Anymore. I find it really, really difficult. You know, when the casting breakdowns come down for, for musical theatre shows, they say pop rock songs, but we're just yeah. singing pop songs, you know, or more. Yeah. Of, so I, I don't really know what, what defines a rock musical. Um, so I think that's a difficult question to in, in terms of, I think it, it changed the way it, it, it allowed more sounds to become acceptable in theatre. Um, and it, of course, it is a rock set, but musicals that tend to be classes of rock musicals tend to be jukebox. And I'm not really a fan. However, I did do a little bit of research just quickly this afternoon, and Wikipedia says a list of rock musicals, whatever. And on there is Taboo. Oh, that's interesting. Which, which I love, if that's the top. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What would you go? Have you got any? Favorites or what you would define as a rock music? I suppose, like I think, when I think of like a modern rock musical, I think I think more along the lines of like Next to Normal or something, that kind yeah. of pop rock sound. Well, well interesting. I, you know, I think that's that's the answer to one of your later questions that you're going to ask me. But uh, <laughs> I think that's possible. <laughs> best ones ever written in the last sort of twenty years. But yeah, it's it's hard. Um, yes, I I think it was responsible for changing sounds, but. In terms of rock music, because I, you know, I think we need a clearer definition of what they are. Was that the question? What was the question? Yeah, it, well, <laughs> I, it, it's, it was basically, what was your favourite rock musical? But I find the same thing is that I don't really vibe with rock musicals usually. I think the only exception for that is Rent for me, because next to normal, I think it's great. I think it's beautiful to watch and listen to, but that isn't something that I would it's not something that I would listen to like on the train home or something like that. Yeah. Um, just, I've just, this just popped in my head right now. Rent does seem to be really quite niche in that, in that it, it is a rock sound, but it isn't just regurgitating past sort of pop songs and yeah. reverse because next to no, I, I wouldn't consider, you know, I, you asked me what rock music is. I'm thinking, 
Rock of Ages, School of Rock, mm. um, and th- you know things like that. So, yeah. Could you class like Spring Awakening as like kind of? Yeah, I think so. But I, again, I don't know what you know. I would just call that a, a, a contemporary, yeah, commercial music set. And I think it's you know good conversation in terms of well different conversation is what defines rock now, you know, because yeah. Midlife doesn't exist anymore. You know, I don't know what a, it's largely people like what's her face, um, uh, Florence and the Machine, and that is probably considered more of a contemporary rock sound. But I do like Paramore. Paramore. Yeah. Does yeah. <laughs> kind of like pop punk though. I think yeah. with Paramore. Yeah. 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 I think for. Um, for me, I really enjoy Rent because of the... I'm just a sucker for a brilliant like story and relationships between characters. So I think I, in my head, I sort of constitute the same thing as that rock musicals tend to, to be a jukebox. Like, we will rock you. Sorry, the story is absolutely... <laughs> rubbish it's so rubbish and then rock of ages maybe a little bit better but i think what i really love about rent is that in like the interpersonal relationships between Mm. the characters Mm. and i love things like that i love and that's why i think i'm such a big fan of sondheim because i think he writes people so well and i think this is this is we're going to talk about this in a bit but i think in in, i can't believe i'm going to do this but in 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 something like we will rock his defense I don't think it's supposed to be there for that. You no, know, it, no. In terms of it is, it's almost like a Queen concert, and so and I get you. I mean, the story is just appalling, but I think in terms of it, it, it knows what its market is. You know, I'm not a fan of Mamma Mia, but p- other people are, and it's not trying to be. Sometimes it's you know it's trying to. It's, it's a different different market, but yeah, I think. Uh, when is is niche in that? But you're going to ask me another question soon, probably. <laughs> yeah. So following on. Yeah. So why do you think then Rent had such a success? I mean, it really felt like it was just a groundbreaking, groundbreaking moment. People engaged with Rent. It was really like a fandom. It was kind of early stages of fandom. So what, what do you think about Rent? What? Why? Why? Why did it engage people like that? Was it the characters? Was it the themes? Um... I think it's sort of the juxtaposition between a commercial, aesthetically pleasing, we like this sound, and a theme that isn't, you know, got to remember just down the road from it, we had, uh, you know, the the totally believable, um, very serious themes of, of cats singing. <laughs> So all of a sudden, I think you know it sort of merged the world. We, we can have we can have a contemporary sound, and we can have a really really serious theme. So I think it it challenged the it, it certainly challenged the genre in that because everything else was, you know, uh, phantom cat. It, it, nothing had sort of hit this market, um, and actually I think it, it's it's probably more relevant now than it's ever been because we've got sort of. Representation of people that aren't perfect. So it brought a new audience in because all of a sudden, you know, the audience, the audience wasn't, you know, I went to uh, when when Company was here, the fabulous production that what's her face did, um, Marianne Elliott, and but it, but but when I looked around me, you know, the whole audience was middle class and white, 
you know, and, and in terms of, but I think with, with Rent, you saw sort of a community of racially diverse, useful, queer people struggling together to sort of be artists and whatever. And I think it showed representation of, 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 of characters of people, people saw themselves that, that hadn't happened before. Yeah, I, th- you're so, I think as well, like, I always think of, um, of Blood Brothers, like not a, not a technically no. great musical in terms it's of, no it, yeah, but I had a really wonderful professor once who kind of said like, he, he could tell us like everything that's wrong with Blood Brothers and everything that's wrong with the song placement and blah, blah, blah. But he was like, it doesn't matter because when he goes to see it, there is bus bills like full of like older Liverpudlian working class women who for the you know when it came out for the first time ever saw themselves and their stories represented on stage and it's like what's more important then you know yeah and also I mean that was the first musical I ever saw on stage because you know the school took us and whatever but you know something like Blubber very accessible for a younger group but I think yeah it's just it was we hadn't seen this on stage before and and also you know it, it sort of being bold enough to put these this this amount of seriousness in songs and and whatnot. I think it's it's just the 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 brilliance of it is that that sense that you're humming along to something. You know, I think one of the best songs ever written is Unworthy of Your Love, Assassin's Sometime. I think that sorry, that's like one of my favourite songs ever. That I think it is a perfect, perfect song. Yeah. I think it's one of Sometimes best it's so songs. Because he writes the most beautiful love song. And people hum along with something and don't realise they're actually singing, you know, humming along with, you know, a paedophile and um, <laughs> you know, a murderer's wife. So, so I think he, he he got that right in terms of you know accessing that, that this is quite hard hitting, but it was also quite easy on the ear, and that was quite shocking. Yeah, and it, I suppose it's interesting as well that opera seems to have been doing that for centuries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think also it's 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 just it's totally unbelievable really that this could be such a success and 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 with such a big musical like this and whatever in previews that, that the composer wasn't around to tweak it i was saying to flo uh the other day you know sometime didn't write send in the clowns until the previews of a little night music and wrote it in an evening that didn't you know that moment didn't exist but without it now the piece it wouldn't be complete mm-hmm. so i think you know it's 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 yeah it's it certainly opened doors. I would also say it's. It, I think it's not just rent, but there's a. It's this. What were they called? Um, I wrote it down for myself. Uh, this group of. So Robert Brown, Larson, uh, Gettle, and I never know how to say it. Lacusa, 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 Michael John Lacusa, had a had a had a worked in a small uh, non-profit uh, theatre group called Playwrights Horizons. And so I think they were able to, and so if you, there's a book called The New American Musical, where it's the scripts of Parade, Floyd Collins, Rent, and The Wild Party. And it just said that how they were able to challenge this, the genre, because they were funded and, and whatever. So I think that's that's also got a lot a part to do with it being able to almost be experimented with to see if this is a success because they had the support behind them and I don't think anyone does anymore so yeah that that's probably very true as well and I suppose it's quite interesting to think of I wonder what Jonathan Larson what Rent would have looked like if Jonathan Larson had had success with Tick Tick Boom 
yeah, yeah. I well, think I th- that's quite interesting. I just think that is so, you know, I, I, I cannot stand musicals on film. I, I just don't know why. I just, and also, I don't like filmed version of theatre. I just, it just doesn't have to say. I hate it. It's just dead. You watch it, and you're like, oh, God. It just doesn't work. I'm like, why are you even trying? It, 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 yeah. it, but, um, but in terms of uh, TikTok, I just think it's absolutely magnificent piece of theatre and I think we all see ourselves as artists in him in that so so many times but um yeah I, I, I wonder what would have happened to him because we are saying that he's you know he's essentially his first musical is one of the biggest success of the world <laughs> you know and yeah. if, if we look back at you know some of the pieces that have been put on by you know anyone can whistle Jesus Christ Mary Rolling Along was what 23 performances for 30 yeah <laughs> but, but they had time to tweak and and listen, Sondheim was interested in him, so he must have been good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he used to write letters to producers no. to try no. to. I just think that's. I mean, big no. up Sondheim always, but. No. <laughs> I think it was it was really lovely as well that um, I'm right in thinking that he wanted a kind of cast of nobodies. He went out of his he went out of his way to kind of get these ordinary people that were grafting as performers yeah. and as creatives that were struggling. Yeah. to cast them in the musical which not only is great for the characters themselves because that's sort of what they're they're doing so you've got sort of the pieces of themselves and the characters it was really great and just really fresh to have no stunt casting and it was yeah. it was regular talented people that hadn't had a shot yet and it yeah. was really nice to see yeah i completely agree yeah and change- i think i think collins I think the guy who played Collins was in the diner with him, right? He was in yeah, so when the same Jonathan guy that Anthony Larson, worked at. Yeah. When uh, Jonathan Larson was writing Rent, he like was moonlighting as a waiter and yeah. the guy that played Collins was he trained him, I think, to be a waiter. Yeah. It's such a brilliant scene. Also, I'll say I don't know if you people realize, but in the scene where he's trying out a song in the in the in this guild of writers. The audience, if you look carefully, is Robert Brown, Alan Menken, Stephen Schwartz, George Stitt. You know, they, they are the they are the extras in the audience. I need watching. to rewatch it. Really, really. I need to rewatch I've it. Never, I've never noticed that before. Wow. Okay. So you have to be really, really uh, observant. But yeah, it's really, really nice. I love stuff like that when you're like, oh my god, that's like that's Lin Manuel. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. We placed Lin Manuel Miranda on this earth. Like, is there anything you can write? I just think it's so yeah. sweet. Well, speaking of success, um, there are a couple of performers, actually quite a few performers from the original cast of Rent, including Anthony Rapp, Tay Diggs and Adina Menzel, who became massive stars. Um, And a little bird told us that you know Anthony Rapp. Um, Could you please tell us a little bit more about that? Um, So Anthony, uh, yeah, I've stayed with him in New York in 2014. Uh, flew over to see him in If Then, uh, with, who was playing opposite Adina, but actually, unfortunately, he was off of a knee injury um, and uh, you know, was still on eye-watering uh, uh, sick money compared to us. Um, but no, me, me, my, me and my mum and my partner at the time went went for dinner with him one evening as well, and uh, he totally got on with my mum because she's an EastEnder and he lived in Bow uh, when he did Rent Over Here. Um, uh, and he'd largely say that, you know, this this is this has shaped his whole life. Um, and I've been speaking to him quite a lot, but I'm trying to get him to bring... He, he wrote a show called Without You, which is uh, it, uh, about his experience with Larson and Rent. And I'm trying to get it to bring him him to bring it here to Crazy Cox and, and whatever. But uh, uh, I don't think he thinks it would 
sell out, which I'm saying to uh, you. It would 100% sell out. He's just started doing it off-Broadway again. Um, but, um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's been associated with it all of his life. And, uh, um, yeah, no, he's... Um, the, I think this was his first big break because, it, um, and, you know, uh, it must have been successful because I've seen his flat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is it? Amazing. Television's as big as a lorry. It's just. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, love. It's also interesting in terms of how different theatre is, uh, you know, and, and considered on, on in in America to here because I think my mother was just you know sort of we went to the studio and then all of a sudden you know we turn around the corner and you know there's a billboard of him in, you know, in the street. She's like, oh fuck, an hour he is famous. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, think, um, I think yeah, you know, it, it launched so many, launched so many massive, uh, massive stars. Um, you know, and Adina still thanks it. Well, I don't know her, but you know, in her constant thanks him for everything. Um, but um, yeah, no, he's um, uh, yeah, we'll have to try and get him to listen to this because he's a, he's a, yeah, I'm uh, I want him to bring it here and. Uh, I've told him to, uh, on Facebook Messenger. So I've actually, I'll, I'll, I have to get back to you on this, but I asked him if he had any comments for this podcast, but he, I don't think he's replied yet. I'll look as we, as we go. I also love that there was someone crawling in the background. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. I wish, I wish that we could save this video somehow so we could keep that as a memory. I actually couldn't see it, so I'm glad to. <laughs> it was very, very well done. <laughs> yeah, but you, without you, you should. If you haven't read, he's got a book out of it. You should have a little look. Definitely. I think it's it's really lovely that he still sort of credits his success to Rent, which I think is really lovely. Like, like we said, they sort of cast everyone who hadn't had their big break yet. Yeah. Only yesterday I watched a video actually on the opening of Rent um, and they went to, as she looks so young, they went to Adina Menzel's flat and sort of talked to her about her career before um, starring in Rent. And she was saying that she was literally singing in these clubs and letting her friends in for free and paying her musicians and was actually coming <laughs> coming out at a loss after every show. And the woman that's interviewing goes like, why, why are you doing it? And she's like, because it's the only way to get out there. And then that's that's why I've managed to get this job in rent. And now I'm being paid to perform and being paid to do something that I'm, I've told everybody for years that I can do. Yeah. So and also I think, I think that's such a big thing. Is, 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 if something big like this happens or the, you know, the soundtrack goes big or the of the film it kind of allows actors to then really become actors because they've got a mm. chance to not work i'm oh, sorry you know not do muggle jobs and mm. and and worry about sort of money you know lapona often uh, credits her most of her success for the fact that uh, lloyd webber paid her out seven and a half million uh for taking her out of what was it sunset boulevard and uh, she got to audition not work and build a swimming pool so that's <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> he says uh, he says about bringing the show here, he says I would consider it for sure I find it difficult working internationally when I'm the producer but I'm open minded about it perhaps I'll get back to you with some thoughts so maybe you can put it on a next oh, follow up a follow up who knows oh my gosh yes, a rent it. part three a rent part three but it's Anthony Rapp's oh my part. god that would be incredible <laughs> uh, interestingly the person that just crawled under the 
the the camera um uh is uh her one of her best friends is uh an accountant an accountant yeah in new york and she was um uh, uh i could find you this actually because i recorded her talking about it, but she was uh jonathan's accountant and did his tax in at the time um <laughs> yeah and this is crazy so we know it's not your favorite, but can you tell us your favorite song and character from Ren? And is there anyone that you think you would play? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just cut that, maybe. <laughs> uh, that's the worst. Yeah, I, I can't give you an answer. Yeah. No, no, no. I like that. We actually, to be fair, we did we did talk about the song that we'd like to skip in Rent. And we, we all agreed it was Over the Moon because we hate that song. Well, I, don't, I don't think you can count that song because it's not a song. Um, <laughs> I, I think Seasons of Love are, is, is, is the, for me, I wish he'd... Uh, uh, no, I just... Don't say this, Ben. No. If, Why? If the, in the office, you know, then... And, and, uh, Oh, it's just no, 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 not for that me. That is absolutely devastating. Think, and actually, that might come down. To, I'm sorry, that might come down to an unpopular pick, but I just think it's so generic and so <laughs> musical theatre. Uh, <laughs> I oh, no, oh, no. Also, but that's because I've you know I've heard it more times than I've heard people sing Happy Birthday or something. So. Uh, that's very true because i will say i probably don't if i'm like reaching for rent i wouldn't go to seasons of love like i like I it i do like it but i think i've just heard it i think too I, many I, times. I, I like i like one song gloria i think i think that's okay i've it's worked on that song. um like... i don't mind your eyes um <gasps> no i hate that song <laughs> i just think it needs to be tweaked but i don't like that and actually think well i mean this is not a absolute but casting the, the agents hate um take me or leave you know that sort yeah, of yeah i think it's, it's, it's overdone it's overdone that's i love that song and that's like my favorite bit of the musical i think i just think um, it's cringy when they stage it though i, 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 I just mm. yeah um, i think it's difficult you... to stage without the cringe yeah <laughs> i'll cover you i like i'll cover you yeah, I yeah, that's I'm sorry, not your eyes. It's called out. Yeah, I made it up. I'll cover you someone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think... I was gonna say uh, your eyes is awful. That's that, so that that's the bit at the end of the show, right? Where he's like he's bringing her back to life. Because Ben, do you remember we talked about like the, there was that terrible ending to Rent? Yeah, well, basically, I just so, remember being terrible. I couldn't remember what happened. Tell me. So basically, Mimi, like the love interest of Roger, dies. And then he then brings her back to life by singing to her. And then she wakes up and is like, oh my God, I went to heaven and I saw Angel. And he said, turn back around. And then she came back to life. That's basically the ending of Rent. And then they're also, like, oh my God, that was Rent. The song that brings brings her back to life, supposedly, Your Eyes, is, your eyes. is the song in One Song Glory that he's like, oh, this is good. I need to write the best song oh. ever. And it is the worst song. It's so <laughs> bad. Um, but they, 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 there's not many worse endings than that, perhaps. I think Once on this Island is beautiful, but then all of a sudden it feels like they forgot what they're doing and she turns into a tree. Um, 
And, uh, and yeah, I think, <laughs> unpopular opinion, but I liked um, the X Factor musical. I thought it was genius. Uh, There's an X Factor musical. I can't sing. I just, it was it was hilarious. Oh. Cal turned into an alien, so it wasn't fair. Cynthia <laughs> Revo. That was her, <laughs> that was her first job. Cynthia Revo's first job. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't play anyone in Rent. No. Hey, the stagehand. <laughs> the stagehand. Yeah. You've got the part. Um, yeah. So, Ben, do you have anything coming up that maybe the listeners should be looking out for? Uh, standing at the sky's edge. I don't know. I'm. I'm not. Is honestly was made me want to go back to the theatre because I don't largely enjoy seeing musical theatre at the moment. Well, in, mm, Static the Sky's Edge is, is uh, uh, puts faith back into musical theatre for me. Uh, I'm working with two of the um, uh, younger leads in Next to Normal at the moment, the Donmar, and I would say that's not to be missed. Um, it's I've actually right. already got tickets. Yeah, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, and I think really, and Casey Levy is. I mean, he's it's kind of like stuck, kind of stuck up, but she's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I saw her do Fontaine on Broadway, um, and she did. She was good in Ghost over here, and and I mean, if someone is good in Ghost, they must be really. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, so I think yeah, I think that's great. But also, it's the Donmar, uh, best thing I've ever seen uh, on stage is Parade. On my warehouse, um, whenever that was. So I, I, I think it will be absolutely fantastic. We'll have to get you on for a parade episode because I love parade. Well, you'll have I to can... find a lot of hours for the. <laughs> I think I could fill about four hours just I, well, talking I, about. It's so important because um, well, I saw it six times because nobody wants to see it first, so you could buy it. But I am. Um, uh, it's the best thing I've seen. But also, my parents decided to help me fund going to the Royal Academy of Music because of it, because I said I'm do musical theatre and they thought it was all sort of jazz hands and I couldn't dance. But, you know, after seeing that, I also sat next to the Emperor from Star Wars in the final performance, you know, sort of him. Yeah. What? And, uh, <laughs> whatsoever. and at the interval, I asked for his uh, autograph, just went and he went, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but Fair ben, enough. that's a bit like when we were like, what's your favourite song? You were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's because I don't like it. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. Oh, God, that's so funny. I could have made it up. <laughs> yeah, no, you were honest. You are honest. Well, on that then, before you go, why don't you tell us any burning, unpopular opinions you have on musical theatre, but it can't be about the new Oklahoma. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Wow. The genre doesn't exist anymore in terms of going for uh, you know um uh, that's my I have a, I had a wonderful boss and uh, my a mentor and great friend Dane Priest who's you know MD extraordinaire from Arts Ed and and he made a beautiful and bold statement on Facebook and said I don't like going to the theater to watch musical theater anymore and it's okay to say that because this is not what I fell in love with and this is not what I did and so I think in terms of uh Oh, so, you know, where, where, where is the story? Um, you know, where, where, where are the, where's the consideration of telling a story? Where's the consideration of following what the lyric is it, just, I think 
yeah, we've 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 forgotten how to write, or we haven't been supported enough to write, and we are just regurgitating or reinventing pop songs. I mean, I'm not going to, so, but some of the things in into it's just yeah, it's it's not it's not really theatre, and I think you know as I know Flo trained at the Central, but as as a primarily as an actor myself, it's it's not um, it's not what I trained to do or fell in love with. But I don't mind working on these shows as a coach with the sound, but you know, there's there's very little that I want to go and see in the West End unless I'm being paid to to work on. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting, but I, I think that um, is a shame because I just don't see. You know, when I was at drum school, Wicked came out. You know, whether you like it or not, you know, it was still a, a book driven music. But it's uh, yeah, everything's everything's a you know, it'd be Star Wars the musical next. And um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I can't see another. My biggest pet peeve, and I've said it so many times on the podcast. Is the cult movie being made into a musical when it is there's no reason for it? Yeah. It doesn't fit within the genre, and it yeah, it I, I just can't see another Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> no offense to Corey, who's our friend who's in it. <laughs> Hold my hands up because you know I thought, but I you know when I went I had to see Back to the Future for a client, and I actually thought that was very good. I you know I, I thought really good writing, really good fun, but um, yeah, it's, it, I, I tell you I. To kind of sum up my thoughts about how musical theatre is that one of my great friends is Alex Young, who was in my year at, at Ram, who was who played opposite Imelda in Follies at National. And I and I said to her, Oh god, in the but it's got to transfer. And what if she went, Of course, of course it's not gonna transfer. I said, What? She went, Well, it's only you that wants to see it. You know, or us that wants yeah, to see yeah. it. N- nobody else wants to see. It. I think, yeah, um I don't understand where it's you know, where where, where it's gone. Um, but we don't seem to have any that can that can write sort of a story driven. You know, I want to feel something at the theatre. I don't want to watch. Be careful what you say. I don't want to watch a group of pop songs written by Michael. You know, sung badly in the wrong style with with a you know. Uh, Casey, in 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 some of the last things I've seen, We Will Rock You would be a masterpiece. Uh, you know, compared <laughs> to what's So yeah, I think you know, they've got to write. Just think, it's it's. Popularity has the the idea of popularity has changed. The idea of success has changed. The, success is now judged by how many people see it and how long a piece of theatre runs for. Um, and I think it, that that wasn't the case. You know, if, if you look at the commercial success of the success of Sondheim and Lloyd Webber, they, they're non-comparable. You know, it, it, Sondheim flopped so many times, and but after years and years of reinvention, so um, yeah, I I think the the reason I love musical theatre doesn't exist anymore for now. Just moving forward, and then there was Standing at the Sky's Edge, and then there's you know there's there's a yeah. moment of you know perhaps this could come back. I definitely get that with like some productions where you go see it and you're like, oh, I just didn't feel anything or like, oh, I felt like I really had to work to understand like what they were trying to say or like, God, that just didn't sit right. But then when you do go see something, you're like, oh, my God, this is what it's all about. It can yeah. it kind of takes you back to yeah, what it's I all about. You know, the, the, these pop driven musicals was it is that you know pop is supposed to primarily be listened to. 
Yeah. That's, and and it's, it's not, this, the considerations are not always, it's, it, it's, it's more sound driven than it is lyrically. And actually coming back to that, I think that's why Rent may be, because it, it combines, you know, a, a, a sounds that is aesthetically pleasing to the ear, to, to different audiences, it's rocky, it's contemporary, but the lyric wise and the, uh, and the story drip were combined. And that's trailblazing. You know, I, I, I don't sit and, uh, and and watch the Tonys like I did ten years ago. Really excited to see what's new. I just go, well, what's it going to be this year? Yeah, yeah. I always think back to um, I, I love Carousel. Mm. <clears throat> I just I I have many faults with it, but I, mm. in terms of a <laughs> maybe social cultural oh. impact, I guess. But I I just love the show. And I always think back to Stephen Sondheim. I think he was like 18 years old and he was there on the opening night. And you just think when you're thinking of like what's going to be new and what's going to be upcoming and who's going to be the next Sondheim, that's obviously a big question that people have. There won't be. be. Yeah, there's, well, of course. (laughs) But I always just wonder what would be that inciting instant, that kind of, do you know what I mean? I can't even imagine the power of being in that audience that first night of Carousel. But, you know, you also have got a consideration is that the luck that was on, you know, if you've got Hammerstein as your, (laughs) what do you call it, sort of adopted mentor, yeah. It's, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's tricky, but um, someone will do it. Manuel Miranda's I, I Live, I Live Hope with mm-hmm. maybe it would have been Larson who knows what a shame yeah. yeah definitely well thank you so much Ben this has You're just so been welcome. absolutely amazing you so well enjoyed it your check is in the post yeah we <laughs> <laughs> just need a lot more time <laughs> it was lovely to meet you all. Yeah, lovely to meet you and uh, have a lovely rest of your Sunday. Will do. I look forward to listening to the rest of part one because I've already started it, but I didn't get time to finish it. It's a long episode. It's a long episode. Okay. All right. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you, Ben. Bye-bye. Thank you. We really hope that you've enjoyed our first relaxed edition of our bonus track episodes and we hope to bring you more soon. Um, we had a brilliant time with Ben Man, so just thanks again, Ben, for for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, just a reminder that we do have applications open for our guest performer slot, um, where you can click on the link tree in our podcast description, and you can fill in our short application form. You would come on here, do a little interview just like Ben's, um, and you would record a song from the show we're covering to feature on our cast album. So it's really fun. What are you waiting for? Click the link tree and apply for the guest performer slot. Just a reminder as well that you can keep up with us on socials. We're at Sunday on the Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Sunday on the Pod on Facebook as well. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And just like that, we've been... Bonus track episode bye bye, bye. <laughs>